Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 Friday edition is here from Radio Row, Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, joined by former Colts wide receiver Pierre Garçon on the show. Glad to be here. Good to see you, man. This is a great way to kick off the show. Ah, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I can help you guys kick it off well. You've got, you've got a tie-in to one of the big news stories of the week. In 2000, was it 13? Mm-hmm. 113 catches led mm-hmm. the NFL, and your yeah. position coach was none other than <laughs> Mike McDaniel. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you McDaniel. gave him a big endorsement before he got the job. Tell mm-hmm. us what you think he'll be doing in Miami. I think I know Mike McDaniel on a very personal level, so I know he's going to be back there designing up plays so that his receivers can do very well. He's going to try to make the game easy for the quarterback and design a play so that the receiver can set the tone of the, of, of the season, of the game and of the season. He's got a very uh, – different personality, uh-huh. if you will, than a traditional NFL <laughs> head coach. He he's not He's not Yale. a football he graduated, guy, right? He graduated like, from Yale. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too many football guys are, you know, coming from Yale. You know, I think uh, Juice Check is probably the only other one, and after that, I don't know. Well, you know, and he's got a very different background for <laughs> what he does, mm-hmm. and so do you. You know, you went to a small college in Vermont, of all places, <laughs> then transferred to Mount Union. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you'd be making NIL money at this small school in Vermont <laughs> or Mount much, Union, much, but do you connect with guys like that that maybe have a bit of a non-traditional route to the NFL? No, I actually like it because, you know, it's it inspiring because, you know, when you see somebody make it from somewhere small or not supposed to make it, it's like, all right, you kept playing, you kept going, you kept, you know, pushing it because they don't really respect you if you come from a small place or a, a different place. But when you show them that you deserve to be here, you know, then they kind of like oh, give you all the credit, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see guys come from an unusual background to be successful. And, and all athletes, they, they either have a chip or they create a chip yes. on their shoulder at yes. all times. You know, yes. even if they're not being disrespected, they can make up disrespect mm-hmm. uh, when needed. When you're someone who, you know, you didn't get a lot of offers coming out of high school, <laughs> didn't have a lot of opportunities, is the chip natural? For you and most of guys that you've seen that didn't go to an SEC or Big Ten school in college? Well, that was that was the, the thing about me. Like, I kind of knew my team that I played on wasn't good. It was like my high school team. We weren't that good, so we just, you know, didn't get a lot of recruits. Makes sense to me. I didn't make great plays, so I'm not going to get recruited by, you know, big schools because yeah. I don't make great plays. My team is not that good, but, you know, I st- I'm still good at football, so I kept playing. Uh, you know, I kept tr- trying, kept doing it, and kept getting better at it. Then once I got onto Mount Union, you know, it was like, all right, I'm on a good team. Now you just have to play good because if you play good, they're going to see you. If you're playing good on a good team, they're going to recognize you. Then you get all the, you know, you get NFL scouts coming to your game. They're like, hey, this team is winning. Like, if your team's losing, it's harder to be seen. So that was, uh, you know, how I did not really feel disrespected because I wasn't, you know, on winning teams. But now that I finally started making plays, you know, I kind of kept myself 
wanting more, I guess I created the chip because of personal things, not because of, you know, the outside preference of, you know, my style of play. Pierre Garcon with us. So you came from Mount Union yes. and you mm -hmm. land with the Colts yes. and all of a yes. sudden you have a locker near Reggie Wayne <laughs> and Marvin Harrison. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. certainly eased you in. I think your rookie year you have four catches. <laughs> Dallas Clark. <laughs> Dallas Clark was there too. There were a lot of people for Peyton Manning to throw to. Mm -hmm. But but gradually became an important part of that offense. What was it like to come from Mount Union and to watch those two masters uh, work the position. Man, it was the best thing ever. Like you say, they eased me into it. I, I didn't feel like I was eased into it. Probably on game days, I was eased into it. <laughs> yeah, not a or practice. didn't play at all. But in practice, I had to do everything, which was great for me because I had to. Marvin wasn't practicing every day. So, like, hey, I take his rep. And, you know, I watched the film and I had to do everything on special team, which was fun. But it was a lot of learning that first year, which is what I needed. Because, you know, coming from D3 to, you know, playing in. NFC champ AFC championships and Super Bowl or going to playoffs as an uh, NFL team. It's like it's a big step. But Peyton, Reggie, Marvin, they all like let I literally just watched and they all like showed me how to do it. And you couldn't question what they're doing because they're very successful, you know, at the game. You went from the Colts to Washington as a free agent, spent mm -hmm. the longest time there. He went yes. to San Francisco at the end. What do you make of the mess that is now the com <laughs> the commanders? With, I still have to get used to that. With, yeah. <laughs> with everything that's going on, with uh, they're in front of Congress right now. <laughs> Man, that's outside of have football. Have you been asked to testify? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's outside of football, but, you know, the commanders, is, I like the name. You know, it, it, it gives the identity of the team. But we know if you win games, you know, your identity is going to be set for you. And with the name, it's just going to flow well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I've always like, hey, we just got to win. We just we just need to win. If we if we win, we can, you know, you know, get better at other things. But, you know, it cures all. And, it, and we're just waiting on that, you know, continuous win. You consider yourself a commander now? And is that weird to, uh, to said, shift always, into that name? I've always, I've always been a commander. It's just never been on my Pierre, playing with Peyton Manning, mm -hmm. he's a quarterback that everyone, we all know his personality yes. through mm -hmm. commercials, through the Manning cast, through mm -hmm. interviews, whatever it may be. Um, NFL films also, seeing yes. video, mm -hmm. doesn't strike me as the easiest quarterback to play for, play with as a wide receiver. Catching passes from him is one <laughs> thing, but certainly a demanding type A personality. What, what was it like breaking into the league and catching <laughs> passes from Peyton Manning and having him demanding so much of you? No, it's, it's honestly one of the best things for him because he has high expectations for everybody on the team, not just, you know, young receivers. Uh, but when you know he has these high expectations, you know what he wants from you. You know, it's hard at first because you're not speaking the same language, but year two, year three, you're on the same page because he wants to throw touchdown passes. He wants to throw passes. He wants you to be where he wants you to be at because, you know, he wants to throw the ball to you, and you can respect that as a receiver because you're like, hey, if you want to throw the ball? All right, cool. Let me just get to where you want me to be at. Let me read my hot route, run my hot Let me be on the same page as you because we're both going to be successful. You know, like he wants to throw the ball. He wants to throw touchdown passes. Is there a, a, a noticeable difference from Indianapolis to Washington when you made that transition practice-wise? Uh, yeah. yeah, every organization is different. Every team is run their, you know, practices different. They run their organizations different. And the location of the, you know, Washington has the part of how they run their organization. And the location of Indianapolis has a part of how, you know, nothing comes out of Indianapolis. There's no trouble. So, yeah. you know, different organizations have to deal with different things based off their location. But it's, it's a big difference. But, you know, winning is still everybody's main goal. At your peak, where'd you rank in the NFL in terms of speed? Honestly, I never thought I was that fast, but people were like, hey, he's very, very fast. <laughs> like, you know, obviously, Deshaun Jackson was like, 
blazing fast, but I always thought like I can take the ball to the house whenever I got my hand on it, you know. But you know, I never thought I was fast enough. But people are like, hey, he's, he's very bad. Damn, like, that's one like, of the most you. refreshing answers I've ever like, heard. I've never you. heard an NFL guy, a receiver, that's what we downplay his speed. <laughs> that's what we Every receiver thinks he's the fastest guy in the world. I, I keep thinking you're remarkably grounded. You didn't really have a chip on your shoulder. Like, hey, I wasn't that, that good. Our team wasn't that good. I mean, <laughs> I, got, I made sense. I played hard and I worked at it. But, yeah. you know, the chip didn't come from outside. It came from me, like, wanting to. Because in the offseason, all we do is, like, hey, we got to get faster. You know, got to catch the ball. And, you know, you can't coach speed. And that's the number one thing in the game. So I, lo- I looked. You were four four eight at the combine. Or, or that's were you what at helped the combine? Me, honestly, yeah. the, doing well at the combine is kind of what started my career, honestly. Yeah, and four four eight's very good, but it's not it, Chris Johnson. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not like I, it was honestly it was like because I made top 10 in the 40 and like you say 4-4 at the combine is like what everybody runs but you know the combine numbers are what they're saying legit but what did you do to prepare for the combine everything <laughs> I mean, that, that obviously was a big emphasis for you to have that, that time because like hey you play d3 football so you might not be as fast as everybody else um all right cool so i have to work on my speed you play d3 football you might not be as strong as everybody's all right let me do my bench press and those were the two things that you know i answered at the combine with you know the performance which kind of like hey this guy is actually might be able to play football <laughs> you know how many I mean? reps did you bench 19 i think or 20, I think. I think I got 20. I can't remember, but it was top 10. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, there was receivers that weren't going to do it. I was like, I got to do everything. I have to run the void. I have to do the shuttle. I have to do the bench press. I had to do everything because, you know, this is this is my job interview. We're here at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, records will be set again uh-huh. on wagering uh, with the Super Bowl. You're here with Max and Bet. Yes, well, Max what can you Bet. tell us about what you're doing here with uh, Max and Bet? Max and Bet, man, they're awesome, man. They're the best app for parties, for for betting, for anything with, you know, going on with the Super Bowl. Well, I'm looking forward to the Maxim party. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But please I love please the, score the us an invite. <laughs> <laughs> I love the prop bets. Um, you know, they're, they're a growing company. They're, you know, opening up around the country where, you know, in Denver they're growing up. They're pulling up in Indianapolis. And, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing for the fans to bet responsibly, but bet through Max and Bet. Bet. Bet through Max and Bet. <laughs> Pierre Garcon mm-hmm. has been our guest to Every open the year. show. Every Favorite year. wide receiver right now. Favorite wide receiver right now. Got a couple in this game coming up. Yeah, Sunday. yeah. Favorite wide receiver right now. I don't like to say the answer that everybody says or no. Um, Deontay Johnson is one okay. of my favorite wide receiver right now because he's small, but he plays, you know, plays big. He had problems, but, you know, he's overcome them. He's had the Super not the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl. And, you know, he's come from a small school. You know, he went to Toledo. And now, you know, he's like, you know, over overachieving on things that, you know, we didn't think could happen. But, like, I love that, you know, because kind of like I see myself in him. So it's fun. Consider that mini football our gift to you. You look like a stress yeah. relief. the second guy just, that's done that. I'm just yeah. used to having the ball in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Cooper Cup and Jamar oh, Chase amazing, in this amazing. game? Cooper Cup. I think Jamar Chase has to set the tone for the Bengals because, you know, if he starts off, you know, first quarter, he's got to have at least at least five targets, two catches. You know, this will decide, like, where the offense is going to go. But you have to get them involved early so that, you know, the Rams don't, you know, take away your offense. you got to let them know we're coming to play instead of, you know, waiting to the fourth quarter as they did with the um, Chiefs. You know, you can't wait in this game. Cooper Cup, 
he's going to get his. I think I'm making a prediction that he's going to win the MVP of the game, and then they're, they're going to win the, uh, the Super Bowl, and he's going to have, like, the five title of, you know, the Triple Crown, MVP, and Super Bowl champion all in one year. <laughs> Pierre Garçon. <laughs> dream season for a receiver. With the, with the shout-out there for <laughs> Cooper Cup. I hope he does it, man. I hope he does it. He, he was undersized and went to a, not a small school, but, you know. Yeah. Eastern Washington. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's not Mountain Union, Union <laughs> but, I mean, but it ain't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Got to go somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy for him, and it's a dream season that he's having. Good to see you. Nah, I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Good to see you guys. Pierre Garçon here Thanks. with us. A lot more coming on Radio Row with Outkick 360. Outkick What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. 360 rolls on from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. Crew is all here with Eagle Safety, Roddy McLeod. Good to see you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Good morning. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> uh, good to see you. And so, Radio Row, you've got the Super Bowl going on in L.A. Mm-hmm. Not a bad gig, right, to come out and, and hang out if you're not going to be playing in the game. Yeah, unfortunately, man, we, we got knocked out <laughs> very, very early by uh, one of the best, but yeah, it's not it's not a bad uh, place to be. Uh, was able to escape from Philly for a little bit, leaving out of that uh, that cold and coming out to to this nice eighty degree weather out <laughs> here in L.A. Man, so uh, it doesn't get any better than this. Your Super Bowl ring has done its job. It has gotten my attention. Is it is it impolite, uh, improper if I ask if I may hold it? Or you want to hold it? All right. I got my security. I got my security <laughs> over here. Uh, I'm you know no where thief. To find I've it. got no yeah, speed yeah, whatsoever, yeah, pal. Got my security over here just in case. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to get my glasses <laughs> on here. My jewel, jeweler's it information. We'll, we'll continue to chat. Okay. That thing is uh, that thing is blinding as Paul surveys it. I, I'm curious. You know, Doug Peterson was your coach when you got that ring. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it a lot on this show. We were surprised that it took him as long as it did to get another head coaching job. Now he's the head man in Jacksonville. Was that surprising to you? When you saw it take a little while? I don't think so. I think Doug probably took some time away from the game. Uh, you know, this game, you sacrifice so much, put so much into it, and I'm, I'm sure he just needed some time away. And now he felt as though he was in a good place to be able to fully commit to a team, uh, to getting back, uh, you know, with the hopes of getting them to uh, what we're all holding over there, you know, Super Bowl. And he's fully capable of doing that, I think, it won't be easy, of course, but he has the formula. He knows what it takes 
Uh, he's able to work with young quarterbacks as he was able to work with Carson and, and get him to play at the level that he did for us for, for years. And I think he'll have uh, success uh, there in Jacksonville. Well, and what you hear about him is complete opposite of Urban Meyer uh, from a leadership standpoint where Urban Meyer is – the old school dictator. Yeah, he's very much a player-friendly coach. Was that your experience? Very much so. Uh, we had leadership com- councils. Uh, he always checked in with us. Uh, you know, the leaders on the team, just to make sure. Look, let me hear what's going on in the locker room. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think is best? And when you have somebody that truly shows that he cares about his players in the way that he does, it makes players just want to play for him that much more. And that's what you saw. Uh, Doug was very consistent throughout his tenure with, with the Eagles, and it led us to uh, a lot of winning seasons there. And, of course, more importantly, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I was sad to see him go. Uh, send him a heartfelt message when he did leave, man, because I, I, Dougie P, that's what I called him <laughs> from day one. And I came to Philly with him, uh, and so it was sad to see him go. But uh, now he's getting another opportunity to leave his mark in this league. How would you describe Nick Sirianni's style as a coach? Uh, Very passionate uh, individual, very passionate coach. Uh, Somebody who loves teaching the game of football. Uh, There's not a moment that doesn't go by where he isn't teaching about the game. And I think that's very important, whether you're a veteran like myself at year 10 or you're somebody like Devontae Smith who's just stepping into the league as a rookie. Uh, We all benefit uh, from that. And so I think Nick is going to do an amazing job throughout his, you know, however long he coaches with uh, Philly, man. And I, I was glad to have him as my coach this year. We were able to turn things around. And one thing about him, he's, he's consistent in his approach and everything. So um, we were able to, to make that run because of it. What did, what did Jim Schwartz mean to that defense while, while he was there? We know him relatively well from, from Tennessee. Yeah, man, Jim, uh, another guy who I, was, I came in with, in 16 and and you know i have a very good relationship with jim uh he meant a lot to that defense and 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 us uh us players and was a huge reason why we had a lot of success uh you know he's he's a very smart coach uh knows a lot seen a lot uh and holds all of us accountable i think about the one moment uh we had his last season there we played the giants we didn't necessarily play our best uh ball and he came in, man, and, and let us all hear it. Uh, and when I mean everybody, I mean everybody. He singled every one of us out in defensive meeting. Called myself out, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. We need you to be doing this. And it, it paid dividend, man. And, and guys have a lot of respect for Jim. And so, uh, you know, of course, we didn't have a winning season that year. But uh, defensively, you know, we, we, had a, we had a good season and uh, wishing him the best. I know he's out in Tennessee, uh, and so, you know, he might in, enter back into coaching one day himself. I noticed Devontae Smith walking around, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, rookie this past year on your team. Yeah. It's amazing when I see him. It's, I watch him in Alabama, and I see him up close. He is so skinny. Yeah. Uh, look, I know he could kick my ass. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But And I'm a lot bigger than he is. But it, it is remarkable when you see him, his skill set. But he is a light guy. What's it like going up against him in practice? He's fast. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think for Devontae, he, he relies on his speed, right? You're not going to get that big hit on him because he is so, he is so fast. But he's very fearless. Uh, I joke around with him all the time. 
uh, and talking about, man, it, if I saw you coming across the middle, man, I, you know, I, I would hit you. I'll take it. He was like, man, it's just part of the game. It's just part of the game. And he earned my respect. Uh, I think it was maybe a preseason game. And he got the ball. And then there's all this narrative about, you know, is he is he um, is he strong enough to go across the middle? Is he going to be durable enough to withstand the hits in this league? His body frame, and he wanted to go in there and take on the contact. Uh, and that's what I saw from him every single week. He's a he's a competitor, man. He always wants the ball when it matters the most. He's always looking to get better, um, and he's fearless, uh, regardless of size. Uh, he's a guy like myself that just plays with a lot of heart, and you have to love that about, about the young man, and all he does is work, um, and he's going to continue to get better in this league. Ronnie McLeod has been our guest. Paul, what did you think of the ring? Uh, I mean, it's – I, I'm all, I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't. There's speak. no words apparently. I mean, they're all they're all too much. But that's <laughs> yeah, the point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the point. Yeah, you want people to see from all the way across across you across know the room. Saying? Yeah, yeah. So and right you, now, somebody over in that opposite corner is blinded. So yeah. when you when you win the title, do you get every? Like, do you get to pick which ring you want? You know, which figure you want size? Because you're wearing it on your index finger. Yeah, you do uh, size whatever uh, finger uh, of your choice. You know, Why the index finger? Yeah. I felt like I thought I was going to get three more <laughs> okay. and, and, like, just go all the way across with them and just, that's, you know, put them up. That's good foresight. Unfortunately, I only know a uh, few people who can do that. Uh, I saw LG earlier. He has, I think, a, about four. He didn't wear all of them today, but uh, I've seen him do it, and it's, it's impressive. I wonder if Tom got him sized that way. Oh, he, he, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. the, he's got ridiculous. a photo like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. crazy. He's got to. You might as well, yeah. That probably should go up next week. Just, <laughs> just remind people of his of his work. It's it's incredible. Actually, uh, I was pretty brash. I picked you guys to go down to Tampa and, and pull off an upset in the playoffs, and cost a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> that, that did not happen. That did not happen. It did sorry. not end well for me. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Man. <laughs> well, congrats. You, all over you may have been a part of Tom Brady's last win as an NFL player. Yeah. Also, you yeah, were in that game. You can, all, you can <laughs> always say you were in the game. That yeah, was his and, last game or last win. Put a touchdown up on me specifically so yeah kudos to tom <laughs> see your favorite quarterback to go against uh i think him and aaron Rodgers are probably uh, my two favorite i've seen them a long time in this league and uh it impresses me how they only continue to get better the accuracy that aaron Rodgers had i don't think anybody uh not even you know tom really uh is on his level to be able to throw in the pocket on the run however you want to spin it he gets it done. Uh, Tom Brady is just flat out a winner. Uh, he just finds a way to rally the troops, um, and he's a man who doesn't make uh, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and will capitalize when you uh, make make some. So, uh, man, it, they're they're hard to beat. They're they're hard to beat, and that's why they've been able to have as much success as they they have. And both are. Uh, future Hall of Famers, and uh, in some people's eyes, you know, both are labeled as one of the goats. You uh, you just finished your ten, right? Yep. You are you a free agent this up? You yeah. Kind of talking in the past tense with the Eagles, so that's why I'm bringing that up. Oh, was I talking in the past? Well, you said hey, it's been it's been great playing for Sirianni, and I took that as maybe he's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. I am a free agent. So you, you know how this business goes. You you don't know. Uh, as much as I would love to come back to Philadelphia. Uh, it's meant a lot to uh, my wife and I just playing on that team and, and really changed, you know, my life, uh, to be honest. Things I've been able to do 
since I've arrived there in 2016. I couldn't imagine, and of course, winning one of these. Uh, this is why we play the game. This is the reason why I chose to go to Philly, to be honest, because I felt like they were a competitive organization uh, and that they would give me the best opportunity to uh, accomplish one of my goals. And so uh, I'm forever grateful, and I'm hoping that you know they, they do give me an opportunity to come back and prove that I can play this game uh, one more year and, and lead, lead my guys and uh, looking forward to just getting back into the playoffs. But we'll see. Future's unknown. Uh, all I can do is control what I can control, and that's uh, making sure that I uh, get myself prepared this offseason to come back a better version of myself than I was last year. Good luck to you. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. Good to see you. Thank you. Big thanks to Rodney McLeod for joining us on Radio Row. Orlando Skandrick, a former defensive back for the Cowboys, about to join us. Divisional rivals here between the Eagles and the Cowboys. First, though, FanDuel.com slash OK360, an offer for first-time users for the big game this weekend between the Bengals and the Rams. Super Bowl 56-1 to 1 odds. You bet $5.00. You win 280 this weekend on either team to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. This is for new users only, and this is not betting by the spread. You are making a straight money line bet on either team to win, either the Bengals or the Rams. Go to FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360, 56 to 1 odds, and this bet pays cash money. You bet five to win 280 in cash and not site credit for first-time users by visiting FanDuel.com slash OK360. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, joined by Orlando Skandrick. Uh, he's no stranger to this show. I don't know if he remembers doing interviews with us on Radio Row. <laughs> don't. But, I, mean, I don't uh, think I've ever been on Radio Row before. Well, we've had you on. It was through uh, one of the PR groups, though. Maybe. I don't I think went, that I've ever. I went looked. back in my notes this morning. Radio Row? Yeah. I've we, only we, been to one Super Bowl before. Well, we were, hmm. some, we were somewhere, and you came on our show. Yeah, I don't. If anyone would remember, it would be Hutton's notes that yeah. would remember, because it's, it's somewhere. Notes see, those those notes. Yeah. See, see those notes. Maybe we had you on by phone or <laughs> by Zoom notes. or something at some uh, point. Password protected, Orlando. <laughs> okay. uh, you got the, uh, the the podcast rolling. I do. About the Game Pod with TJ Hushmanzada. So, former receiver, former DB. You can only imagine the banter that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys that think they got it all figured out. How did you – have you always been friends with, with I've TJ? I've been friends with TJ uh, ooh, since maybe my second or third year in the league. We we became friends throughout the lockout. We worked out oh. – we're both from Los Angeles. Or we, he lives in Los Angeles. I'm from Los Angeles. So we were working out in Carson, California. At, it was API at the time during the lockout. And TJ was – he was balling at that point. It was This was when it was him and Chad. He was a Pro Bowl player. Yeah. So what's it like for you to see your hometown go from no teams to two teams to hosting a Super Bowl? Well, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily consider. I, the Chargers are still the San Diego Chargers to me. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't not old enough to know when the Rams were were the LA Rams, yeah. so they're still like the St. Louis Rams. But it's, <laughs> just to have football around and in the city is, is a big thing. There's so much here. Yes. This is my first time in L.A., but when we're driving around, you know, you, you pass USC, and then you pass a new soccer stadium. Then you see the old L.A. Forum. Yeah. Then, oh, you see where the Clippers are building a venue. Then you got the downtown arena. Well, the you Forum's got, coming down. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you hear about it the... Yeah, it's coming down because yeah. they just, uh, I think they were, you're not able to have a 
two stadiums within oh. time for winning the clip. Did you go to the forum as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. I seen Kobe and Shaq at the forum. Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Eldon awesome. Campbell, Cedric Ceballos, all of them. I've been to the sports arena, which was the old Clippers stadium, which they, and I got a chance to watch games as a kid, high school games in the Coliseum, and actually played a game in the Coliseum. That's cool. They were racing. They had a race here over they the did. weekend. They did. NASCAR took over the Coliseum. They did. And we have the Olympics coming soon. So. Yeah. You don't realize all of the options uh, for entertainment and sports until you start driving around big, L.A. and see everything. Big city, bright lights. Yeah. <laughs> no no doubt about it. Were you a Dodgers fan growing up? It's diehard Dodgers fan. I still love it. Did you, did you guys get a chance to see Dodger Stadium yet? Not yet. I, I've been in the past. It's a, it's a lovely place to yeah. watch a ball game. Yes. Is that the number one spot we have to check out? If we could go to, to any a game, game at any venue, is here. it Dodger Stadium or is well, it I don't know. Lakers? Uh, with crypto, just crypto. to see, just to go in there and just to be able to see. When you walk into a building like that, I know for me, you're saying, okay, this person has been in this building. Kobe was in this building. I watched Kobe win Game Seven against Kevin Garnett. And, who I'm getting choked up here? Uh, Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo and Paul Gasol. I also watched Kobe and Shaq in that building. I've watched Chris Paul go from the Pelicans to the Hornet. No, I'm sorry, from the Hornets to the Clippers. Yes, I got a, got to see them a lot there. Seen Blake Griffin grow in that building. So it's you're just, basketball. Yeah, I know everything. I'm just LA. That's all we had was when I come home. It's basketball season. So it's uh, your position. You yes. know, defense back, and you're on a podcast with the receiver. Okay, you talked about the banter back uh-huh. and forth. The rules are set up for the receiver we don't to benefit really, from the rules, right? We don't really go back and forth because we both have our opinions about, like he has his opinions about defensive backs and I have my opinions about receivers. But, yes, the rules are set up for a defensive back, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, I, I guess my question is you hear about you got to have a certain mindset to be a quarterback or a certain mentality about the game. You do. Does the same go for defensive back? Uh, defensive back, receiver, any part of football, it's a, it's a confidence game. It's a mental game. But it's it's not as much of a one-on-one game when you look at it from a coverage perspective and some of these team schemes. It's not as much of a one-on-one game as you may think. I, you, wish, I wish it were more one Do you prefer the one-on-one game no, or the why, coverage game? Oh, the coverage. I mean, why would you want to, to see one-on-one? Would you prefer to well, play basketball with so, me with my eyes closed? Well, you already know where you're going? No, but <laughs> I, I think the perception is Jalen Ramsey's going to be matched up with the best receiver, right? That, that Sometimes, but not, it's not always one-on-one, Correct. right? And I, I think the build-up versus how many snaps we actually get to see one-on-one have, does not meet the... You've been out to training camp before, right? Yeah. Have you ever watched one-on-ones, like what, receiver DBs? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, it, Is that entertaining to you? It's the most entertaining thing about practice. Those They barely do anything. But it's 90% now. Won by the offense. Yes, for sure. So you want to just see offense. You well, just want to see people well, catch touchdowns. Well, yes, but I mean, that's <laughs> most so, people most people do. Yeah, sadly, it, it's kind of gone that way, right? Yeah, but I mean, they say people want to catch touchdowns, and then they complain about the Pro Bowl about not tackling. Oh well, so you can't have it both ways. Well, that's super extreme, but yeah, you're, you're, that's you're, what it's, that's what point. it's set up to do. Um, the linemen aren't rushing. The D linemen aren't rushing. No, like no one's tackling. It just turns into running catch. and throwing. <laughs> And then if that's the case, that goes on to the the point of you may like one-on-one because you get to see the best offensive player versus the best defensive player, but do you enjoy watching seven-on-seven? Seven? It's pretty boring, like watching paint dry, right? Yes, and how, it's a walkthrough. <laughs> yeah. well, how, how do you watch the game? Yeah. You know, you hear that players will watch line out where everyone just, else just watches the ball. How are you watching a game um, when you watch on television? I watch the rotation of the safeties. That's the first thing that I start with. Um, I watch the body language of the defensive backs or of the – the linebackers of who's coming and who's dropping out. And I try and play the game within my mind, like to see, okay, what are they doing? What are they trying to take away here? So sometimes 
it may be a rogue corner and you know you may see a guy look like he's open but in my mind i already know the safety's over the top so the flat's closed we've talked a lot about the cowboys ratings mm -hmm. and just how it's such a different entity mm -hmm. uh, you're you're doing a podcast with tj played for cincinnati which didn't have a lot of eyeballs on it hell this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to cincinnati how conscious are, you, are, are players of that while while you're playing? I well, mean, I are guys know, I jealous know. of you while you're playing for Dallas and everybody's... Well, well, I was drafted by Dallas, so I was fortunate to be drafted by there. But when it was time and my contract was coming up, I remember talking to someone and they were saying, you know, at the end of the day, there is a bank in 31 other cities. So this is a job at the end of the day. And I was just fortunate to end up in a great situation. You have 40 million people watching you every week. That's guaranteed because you're playing on the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> was it close to forty million when you were at Boise State? What were the what were the ratings like? For I'm not I'm not sure, but when I was at Boise State, we were getting the max amount of pro, um, prime time oh, games, yeah. and we were up and coming. No doubt. What was it? Was it a culture shock going from Los Angeles, Southern California, to Boise, Idaho? Absolutely. As an 18 year old kid, it's more of a culture shock than you being an adult coming from Tennessee yeah. to here. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? What, I mean, when you got there, what was your first impression of Idaho? Where's the rest of the town? <laughs> <laughs> And the blue field. I mean, that's the first thing I think of. The, the field is not as bad as you think because you don't look, you're not looking down. And you right. get used to it, and it all of a sudden it starts to become a distraction for other people. Just like when you're on the Cowboys and you got to hear, like, what is it like being on the Cowboys? What is it like being on America's team? It starts to somewhat become a distraction for you. So it was more of a distraction than other people than it was to us. I mean, we enjoyed playing on the blue. We enjoyed being at home. We enjoyed, like, the, the advantage that we had just being in our build, on our stadium, on our campus, and a place that we knew very well. The, the new uh, college football playoff, is it going to ruin some? Is there a new college football playoff? Well, it's coming. It, it, Expansion. So, I don't know, man. It's tough because in, in college football nowadays, if you're not playing for the national championship, everybody that's worth not playing anyways. I, I agree. They're going to train. Would but, you have benefited from NIL? Do you think Boise State's position to absolutely. with from their fan base to, to make money? But it's not even from what we did in the Fiesta Bowl. We would yeah. have, and it's it's hinged by Nike and what's attached to the school. I think I definitely would have benefited from. How that. many times did you see that play in practice, and did it work in Which practice? Play? The last play, the, the the Statue of Liberty. Oh, it's just a draw play that he hands off. Yeah, oh, I know, but I did, but but did it did it work? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> did you, were you the one on that side that would stuff it out every time? Or? No, not at all. I think what happened was I just think that the game was moving so fast, and you know, just being the fatigue of the situation. I think it was a great call for the situation. You know, here they are. You sometimes you get lost in the two point play. You know, when teams don't have anything to lose and. The pressure on the team that has everything to lose probably superseded, and they gave up. They they gave up a hook and ladder to get them to overtime. Then they score on the first play of overtime. Then I remember we methodically go down and we score, and then we call timeout. And I remember sitting on the bench like this with some guys and Coach Chris Peterson coming over and saying, asking his defense, "Are you guys tired?" And then we're like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> we are exhausted." And we were thinking he was saying that because we, we were going to go back on offense first, like get some more rest. But then here we are, we look up. And we're going for two. And a lot of us just turned around and we just said, like, just tell us what happens. <laughs> and then we went. Orlando awesome. Sandrick has been our guest. Uh, where can we find the podcast? Uh, we can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. Weekly? Weekly. Awesome. Looking forward to checking it out, man. Thank you. Good to see you again. Thank you. Orlando Skandrick, who doesn't remember the previous visit with us. But <laughs> well, I asked to see the notes. It, it, was it, wasn't, protected. it wasn't at the Super Bowl. For, for, for a fee. Yeah, perfect. It, <laughs> was, uh, get that it was 2017. That's all I know. Thank you. Thank all right. You. Orlando Skedrick has been our guest on Outkick 360. Uh, coming back, 
Some news and notes and headlines across the NFL on Radio Row. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The show goes on from Radio Row, Super Bowl 56. The crew's all here, including Mike Golick, who joins us at our broadcast site with Outkick 360. Good to see you, Mike. I, I'm impressed with you guys. Friday is usually that, oh, the last day, yeah. you know, a long week. You guys you guys are all still looking good. Well, as good as you can look, I guess I'll put he it that way. He looked at me while he said I did, that. I did. I, I caught a glance and said, wait, wait, I better, I better not go across yeah, the look guys look, look good. Look at the back. Uh, look at that guy's eyes. <laughs> Two, two, of, two of the three of you yeah, are doing good? Yeah, it's yeah, a high it's percentage. Really it's a high percentage. Yeah. <laughs> what are you up to? I, I, I've never stayed for a Super Bowl in 25 years. You know, we do our show here. And sometimes I would stay until Saturday if I had a gig to do or something. And then I'd always go home. I was always jealous of the guys playing. I didn't want to stay and watch. So I'd go home and, and uh, watch it on my couch. But I've been calling games for Westwood One this year. And I'll be doing that. Uh, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner in the booth. Me and Laura Oakman on the sideline. I'll be doing like a analyst on the sideline type of deal. So that'll be kind of fun. That's cool. I don't know if I'm more excited to do that because it's the first Super Bowl I've been at, or I'm going to be right there on the sideline for the halftime show, which yeah. uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about. So you maybe have some smoke coming your way during the halftime show. Who, well, who knows? Say, this, <laughs> my second half comments could be really really yeah, interesting. Yeah, depending on the first half. Yeah. This this is the smallest you've been since when. When I look at you and well, how thin I, I, you are, I've been this weight for about the last six years or so. Impressive. I'm right at about I'm right at about two thirty five. I'm my high school senior weight. Gosh. That's coming down from I was probably three hundred. You know, a football three hundred when I retired in ninety four. I got up to an ugly three twenty after that. It looked like a vanilla milkshake, and then started to come down. Uh, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes in my forties, so I knew I had to continue to lose weight. And you know, I just found a balance of. Eating healthy, I used to eat 15 good, 85 bad. Now I've, I've kind of flipped it, you know, and I still, I still have my occasional bad food. But, you know, eat good and move a lot, and I feel pretty good. I've got to get a couple joints replaced at some point. So I figure the better shape I'm in, the better off that uh, the rehab will be on that. Impressive work. Congratulations. You've got an alternative destination for Aaron Rodgers than, uh, than most people. I'm a stay-put believer. I think he's going to. End up playing in Green Bay. I think maybe you you think that too. But if he yes. goes, I, I do think he he could end up staying there. I mean, boy, they just keep screwing it up in the playoffs. If he goes, if he, I mean, listen, you're going. You want to win a Super Bowl, right? San Francisco. I mean, they're they're they were right there in the NFC title game. Beat Green Bay. Uh, I know they picked up Trey Lance at the third pick, but you know if you can grab Aaron Rodgers, depending on on, on the assets you have to give up, because you have a strong defense. Um, you could rely more on your passing game because I'm trying to think of where else. Where else is a team close enough? You know, unless he takes Brady's spot. If Brady's truly retired, 
I always love when somebody retires and then we all speculate and everybody yells at us. Brady speculated on his own retirement uh, a week, exactly. a, a week and, later, and right? quickly, right? six days yeah, later, I, I think. Mean, it's he, unbelievable. He so, so we try and find a spot for Aaron Rodgers, for Russell Wilson, for maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, if Aaron wants to win, it's either staying right in Green Bay or if there's going to be another team, I, I, I'd say San Francisco. Well, maybe Green Bay would take one of those two quarterbacks back. As part of the pack, maybe to go with the, their first round draft pick and Jordan Love, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> he should definitely have another one. Yeah, definitely stay in the NFC. The AFC quarterback race is stacked right now. You know, everybody talks about um, Josh Allen and uh, Mahomes. Pat Mahomes being the next Brady Manning. Well, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I yeah. mean, the the while we're as we're Lamar losing Jackson. a Tom Brady, as we'll eventually lose an Aaron Rodgers. I mean. The youth in this league, it's in, you know, it kind of went through this with the, with the NBA when we got a lot of young, really good guards. You know, it's like, okay, the game is in good hands with the youth going forward. You can say the same about the quarterback, especially in the AFC. We had Trey Wingo on earlier oh, this sorry. week, and we, well, we asked him about, uh, <laughs> it's funny because you're kind of in a similar boat, post-ESPN yeah, life. Yeah. You know, he's doing well now with, with Caesars. What's it been like for you moving on from well, ESPN? I mean, listen, we both, you know, basically were asked it was kind of like when I was cut twice in the NFL it's like I wanted to stay but the team didn't want me to and you know so it's kind of the same here so it's like expiring contract type situation yeah yeah I mean you know they they didn't want to want to keep it going so it's like okay I'm done here so I get I got to do something else you know and you so you just move on and do something else so I had a lot of different things I could do I probably did more than I wanted to I called uh, Saturday night uh, college football game of the week for Learfield. I called a bunch of Westwood One games, including doing the Super Bowl. I did a TV with Florio every Monday. I did two podcasts during the week. And my wife at one point was like, you're doing more than when you were at ESPN. But I did it for this year, and then I'll decide what I want to kind of call that all to next year. And just really, I might get more into the into the pods, into the, in the podcast, and, and look at higher levels of that, you know, ownership or things like that. And you know, and, and just kind of kind of play around with that a little bit and uh, just kind of slowly kind of weave myself out as my son, you know, continues to do all his stuff. As now he left ESPN as well. So, Mike Golick, our guest on Outkick 360. You're from Ohio, right? Yes, Cleveland. So the, the Cleveland, he grew up a Browns fan, I'm yes. guessing. Yes, yep, Browns fan and, qu- weirdly enough, a Raiders fan. Can you put in perspective what winning at Cincinnati means? Like with the Bengals being here. To, to, to the Browns? No. Well, just, they in, want them just to, in Ohio and the fact here's that, No, no, no. Browns fan, if you're any go. self-respecting Browns fan, you don't want Cincinnati to win. Absolutely don't want win. You, you, want, you don't want Cincinnati being able to hold anything over Cleveland. So uh, it depends on the type of fan you are in Cleveland, what team that you root for. Obviously, the story's fantastic with Cincinnati. Um, you know, I had a chance to talk to Boomer Sison the last time they were in the Super Bowl, you know, in 89 after the 88 season. And you talk about how great it was there, yeah. you know, and now they're looking to build that. And they have such a young core of where that window will be open for a while. They're a really hard team to, to root against, yeah, they the are. Bengals. For yeah. others. Yeah. yeah. Now, what do you think about the direction of Notre Dame and uh, well, big coaching changes in college football? I mean, you know, you look at it, we see coaches move all the time. The shocking thing with Kelly, with Brian Kelly, was – Rarely do you see a Notre Dame coach leave on his own. They're either fired or they retire. He left on his own, and, you know, everyone said, oh, God, are you mad and all I said, listen, I, I, it, it's what it is today. It's no sense in me yelling and screaming about it. It's like, okay, what are we going to do going forward? He wanted – he obviously got a bigger bag. You know, every, yeah, no fault. I'm not faulting anybody for that. 
And he wanted the only thing really missing on his resume is um, a national championship. He'll have a, a, and one of his reasons was, he'll have a better, more consistent year in and year out chance to get it there than he will at Notre Dame. You still have a chance at Notre Dame, but listen, there are different academic standards like there, Stanford and other places, where you can't get the depth a lot of times of four and five star uh, athletes where you can get them in other schools. So I think he feels he'll have a better chance year in and year out to be in the hunt for a title. When you saw the Brian Flores allegation that he was offered $100,000 per loss, basically a bribe to tank, were you shocked? Did you kind of shrug and think, well, well that sounds about right? I, I, you know, I always hear fans talk about of their teams that are bad, especially Jet fans, because I've worked with more than a few over the years, and they root for their team to lose at oh, the yeah. end of the season. And it's fine for a, a fan to do that. As I said, players will never do that. Coaches will never do that. But above them, you never know. In the NBA, I think management sometimes gives you the players or takes away the players so that your team is inferior. Now, it probably won't ha- couldn't happen as much in football, but I'll say this. If, in fact, that's true in Miami, then Stephen Ross should not own the football team. It should be taken away from him because you are completely screwing with the integrity of the game, especially since the NFL got into bed now with gambling. You know, these gamblers, they should be looking at the NFL going, wait a minute. Stephen Ross individually has gotten in bed yeah. with gambling, too, because yes. he's invested yes. in some companies. So now you're talking, wait a minute, we can't trust what you're doing here if you are if you want to pay your coach to lose. So, again, right now it's he said, he said. But if it is proven, Stephen Ross should absolutely lose ownership of that team. Final 45 seconds. How do you see the game going Sunday? Well, you know, I, I high-powered offense is the biggest mismatch on the field is the O-line of Cincinnati and the, and the pass rush to the Rams, no doubt about it. So to me, the key is where is Cincinnati on their third downs? Third and four or three and less, you can run quicker routes. You can block with five. You don't have to max protect. Third and seven or plus, now you may have to max protect a little more. The routes take a little more time to run. So uh, I, that, that, to me, is a key to look for. Well, first down carries for Joe Mixon is big yes. in, in, in that regard because yep. you need second or seven and less and allow Burrow in that. It'd be nice. And yeah. even if it's second and, second and seven plus, you can still throw a short pass to make it third and three or third and four to set up that third down play. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the sidelines. I'm going to. I'm, I'm really looking That's forward to it. That's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good I'm going to try, I'm, I'm gonna try and get on TV. Oh, a little. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks for the We'll time. be looking for you. We'll yeah, be yeah. looking for you. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Mike Dolan. You're harder to see. Has been our guest. Uh, coming up, we've got some headlines of the day, including Brian Harson, Jed, who is back. Uh, he said, somehow. I'm, I'm not leaving. Yeah. He pulled a Leo and said, I'm, I'm not leaving. Auburn's not getting rid of him right now. We'll, we'll explain the details behind it, plus more interviews from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56. You can follow us on social media at Outkick360. We are live in Los Angeles across the Outkick Network.